0: Hello everyone, this is Ben Mitchell welcoming you to another podcast strand as we continue to build on our long-established squiggly podcast with various other series. We just wrapped up the first series of intimate animation last week. We have a podcast special that will hopefully go up in December that may yield yet another series in the new year as well and uh, all sorts of other ideas being bandied about. There's a lot of potential in the offing. In the meantime, Uh, Something I wanted to get off the ground before the end of the year is a special podcast series that more directly supplements my book, Independent Animation, Developing, Producing, and Distributing Your Animated Films, and this book is ultimately tied in with Squiggly, spiritually speaking, certainly, as far as what my involvement is with the site, I consider it to be the first Squiggly book, and we'll be using the site to build on a lot of the subjects and artists and projects that are discussed in the book, as well as various others that either weren't addressed initially, or they were projects that happened after the book was written. Such as the nature of the publishing world versus the online blogging world, where you put something out there in it's instant. With the book it's not quite like that, obviously. It takes a long time for something to come out after it's been written, and the landscape of independent animation is an ever-shifting thing. So, essentially, the subsequent content that'll deal with these themes will be able to use the book as a foundation of sorts. And not only keep up with some of the artists involved in their new projects, but also meet some new people. So that ultimately is what this podcast series will be a part of. And there's also going to be, of course, the usual types of squiggly content like written features, interviews, reviews, some more ideas for video content, maybe incorporating more of a social media element and events, stuff like that. So this is essentially the first formally declared tying content with the book. If you go to squiggly.co.uk/independent-animation, which is the website listed on the back of the book, what you have at the moment is pretty much all of our independent animation coverage to date grouped together. What that page essentially will turn into over time is more of a kind of contained mini-site and as different strands of content kind of come together, they'll all have their own section and so on and so forth. So That's what this is all about. This episode is pretty much a solo affair, uh, which I'm not crazy about. The whole point, as far as I'm concerned, is getting other people's perspectives, and all subsequent episodes will deal with other artists or people from various areas of the animation industry, offering perspectives or insights into their work. For this one, I just wanted to introduce the podcast and introduce the book, if it is something that you're not actually familiar with. Incidentally, if you are listening to this on the day it is released, which is Monday the 28th of November, it is Cyber Monday, and I'm assured that CRC Press has a site-wide 25% off sale, so if you are on the fence about buying this book, well, you can get it with 25% knocked off the price today if you order it from crcpress.com. Uh, If you still need some time to mull it over, it's not going anywhere. It'll just be at the normal price, but it's available from crcpress.com and everywhere that you can buy books, essentially. Uh, If you like them in a store and you can't find it, I'm sure they'll be able to order it in, but all the online retailers have it listed. It's out there, it's published, it's asking to be read, but uh, I thought for this episode, the best way to actually introduce the book would be to read the introduction. So I will do exactly that albeit in a slightly abridged form, but this should give you an overall idea of what exactly this book is all about, so uh, let's proceed. It's like Audible up in here. We're living in a particularly exciting time for all forms of independent creativity, perhaps especially animation. Throughout the world, we've seen a rapid acclimation to some very sudden shifts and advances in technology. Entertainment media has evolved to a point where consumers from all walks of life can engage with it in almost any circumstance, thanks largely to the portability of tablets, smartphones, and other such gadgetry. How we experience entertainment has also drastically changed. With content so readily available on demand, these demands are being raised, and with them our expectations of quality. Matching this is an increasing prevalence of sophisticated, user-friendly, affordable software alongside a vast ocean of equally affordable online educational resources to teach auteurs how to use them. During this same period of recent technological advancement, the changing economy has hugely reconfigured the funding options that were once so key to getting any kind of animated film project off the ground. Depending on where you are in the world, some grants and schemes in support of the arts remain while those not so geographically fortunate have been forced to up their game. This coupling of new circumstances has turned out to be a tremendous positive, with true ingenuity manifesting itself out of the limited resources available to filmmakers. As such, the cultural significance, and indeed effect, of independent animation is thriving, and the future is bright for small studios, collectives, and individuals who are able to put strong ideas out in the world in ways they would not have been able to in the not-too-distant past. My aim with this book, as an animation enthusiast, freelancer, and independent director myself, is to lay out some of the essential tenets, philosophies, and creative processes behind the independent animation community's most prominent, prolific, and respected artists, so that other creatives and artists such as yourself can be motivated to put these into practical effect when it comes to your own projects. An important thing to clarify is that this is not another book that goes through the fundamentals of animation and storytelling itself, there are plenty of those out there, a fair few of which will most likely be on your shelves already. This book is for when you've worked through the basics of animation, your bouncing balls, flower sacks, walk cycles, lip-sync exercises, layouts, and are asking yourself how precisely you wish to apply this knowledge to a film. And this includes those of you who've determined that the type of animated film you wish to make will throw all these fundamentals out of the window, to develop an entirely personal process from scratch. Here you'll read about how popular animated films have come from such unique approaches, whether animated on laptop trackpads, using ink sprayed from syringes, or on sticky notes attached to the backs of farmyard animals. Seriously. The most consistent observation I've witnessed at all points of my career as both an animator and an animation researcher is it whether you're a student, professional, or hobbyist, the call of directing, writing, and or producing one's own projects is often a strong one. Of course, many of those who work in the animation industry are less creatively driven, more practically minded individuals with essential talents and specialist skills. Chances are that if you're reading this book, you don't consider yourself among that group, or perhaps you do, but wish to branch out and try your hand at some new territory. Not that there's anything that puts creatives above specialists and other equally hard workers. Specialist skill isn't valuable. Oftentimes, it's the real key to a project's success, and as such, it's worth considering to what degree you wish to go it alone, so to speak. To whatever extent this may be, it's a safe assumption that the ultimate goal is the same. To create a standout film that makes your mark on the animation world one of the few goals aspired to at all stages of one's career. These stages include, but are not limited to... Animation students, who wish to have something to show for their hard work and studies, something that'll make a name for them, and help grab the attention of hiring studios. Animation hobbyists, looking to channel their interests into something they can make a legitimate career out of. Freelancers, with work experience and a fundamental knowledge of the industry, eager to create a piece of work with their own stamp and creative identity. Studio owners, who might benefit tremendously from the visibility and industry credibility a standout film would generate for their business. Industry specialists, eager to expand their body of work through collaboration or simply trying something new. Even those who've made a film, or several before, searching for the motivation to create more or possibly pursue an exciting new artistic direction. Wherever you are in the industry, the ultimate goals will most likely be to entertain, be noticed, and have your work be seen and appreciated. Throughout this book are a number of case studies from the world of independent animation. Some are recent, others long-established industry game-changers, but all of these ultimately encapsulate the quote-unquote spirit of independent animation. Which begs the rather vital question, what exactly is independent animation? Our own individual take may be relatively cut and dry, but putting it to the artists themselves paints a wider picture altogether. For me, independence means many things. It means poverty. <laughs> it means creative freedom, creative control. But it also means that you're saying to the audience, "Look, I'm choosing a path that's probably a bit insane from your perspective, but I'm 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 trying to be brave and I'm trying to take a risk and I'm trying to deliver some content to you that you may have never seen before and that hopefully you'll get something out of." whoever pays the money usually decides the content. And, uh, you know, that's the, that's the way it goes, and I understand that. So I, I, I believe that if you uh, finance your own film and create your own film, then it's truly independent. I think it's just a matter of scale. So it doesn't have to necessarily be all made by one person, but I guess for me, like, the fewer people are working on the film, the more interested in it I'm probably going to be, because, again, it's going to reflect more and more one person. I think it's fantastically important to have animators making work that does not depend on pleasing an awful lot of people. I think we couldn't grow this as an art form if if we were always under the compulsion to make megabucks and to avoid uh, unsettling or upsetting our audiences. Those are perspectives from several of the book's contributors, starting with Adam Elliot, whose film Ernie Biscuit actually graces the book cover, followed by Bill Plimpton, Oscar-nominated independent director, and uh, Nina Paley, who made the feature film Sita Sings the Blues, among many others, and uh, rounding it off with Ruth Lingford, Professor of Animation at Harvard, who's also made several wonderful films herself. In the book itself, there are quite a few other perspectives from contributing artists and industry people, for the sake of brevity, I've cut it down to just those four. Actually, I want to read one more from Tom Schroeder, uh, independent director and documentarian, who's made some wonderful films, including Marcel, King of Taveran. This is something he sent to me by email. My musical metaphor for my students is as follows. If Disney is an orchestra, and the Warner Brothers cartoons of the 1950s were made by a jazz ensemble, then independent animators are the folks on a street corner with a guitar and a hat. It implies that you can't achieve the scale or ambition of the grander organisations, but you have complete control over the content and presentation of the work. I rather like that as well. So yes, as I said, the full range of perspectives is within the book itself. But for the purposes of this podcast, I'll just go back into the rest of the introduction. It's within the parameters of this reasonably broad series of definitions that this book will operate, and ultimately, it's up to you to consider which definition best applies to your processes, and how it may very well add to your perspective or change it altogether. As you read on, you'll glean invaluable insight from all of the artists and experts here, plus many more, with practical guidance along the way to help you determine exactly how you can develop, produce and distribute your independent project and have audiences sit up and take notice. So that's your introduction. Uh, It was very important to me that the introduction makes my intentions clear because really the last thing I wanted was for it to seem like one of those books that promises its solutions through either vagaries or methodical listings of what makes a film a technical success. I've read loads of books like that, books that cover every area of production, that tell you how to make quote-unquote the perfect film. And oftentimes that usually means the perfect film that particular author wants to make. And that absolutely wasn't what I wanted to do. I actually started to feel a bit self-conscious about having not made a film myself for several years before starting the book so while i was writing the manuscript i did make a new film with very very limited resources as anyone who has seen this film will be able to attest it is as minimal as can be but it did find its place out there in the festival world and it ultimately made some money uh, it justified its creation certainly without a shadow of a doubt and if you're in the right mood i think it gets some chuckles as well So I felt pretty validated in that respect that, okay, I'm not just blowing smoke. This is something that is an achievable thing, even if you're Joe Q, no one like I am. But anyone who's seen the film, it's called Throw*. it's safe to say that it's not a film that I would bundle in with the book. In fact, I don't really actually mention it, because I'd like to think I have enough self-awareness to know it's not the film that any of you want to make. This was a film that I wanted to make when I was, you know, in a weird place a couple of years ago. My intention with the book, more than anything, is for people to get the same motivation and the same inspiration, the light bulbs going off over their head, to come up with their own clean and throw, or maybe even a proper film. So, going back to the point I made in the introduction about just how much of a gamut there is when considering this area, you'll recall I mentioned animating with sticky notes on the backs of farmyard animals. That wasn't me just babbling, that is one of the case studies in the book. Chris Hinton, retired animator, who was part of an independent Annie Jam project. And there's a wonderful photograph in the book of him working on that film with all his post-it notes arranged literally on the back of his pig on his farm. And that, to me, of all the images in the book, and there are lots of images, I had to catalogue each one and clear each one. It is a whole other world to the website, believe you me. But that photograph, more than anything, as an illustration, summed up so much the ultimate spirit of what independent animation can be, which is pretty much anything, regardless of resources or lack thereof. And so that sticky note film was made with virtually no budget, and it performed comparably well when weighed against another case study in the book that was made for hundreds of thousands of euros. But you'd be able to consider both of them to be part of the same playing field, oddly enough. And also, just as there are multiple definitions of independent animation... There are different definitions of success. So, for example, if you throw all your finances and years of your life into a project, you'll probably want more of a return than something you threw together over a long weekend, and I genuinely feel that the bulk of the insight the artists featured in this book offer up is relevant to that entire spectrum of perspectives. And although the remit of Taylor and Francis' academic textbooks, The presentation of this book itself is more of a cultural study with reflections from the people who've actually made a go of it and have something valuable to show for it. Some of them owe their careers to it, absolutely. So it isn't Ben Mitchell's thoughts on how to hypothetically make it big. It's about demystifying a world that's actually quite accessible, that of self-production and self-distribution. And you don't just get perspectives from filmmakers. There's all sorts of valuable hints and advice from those on the other side of the looking glass. Festival organizers, curators, jurors, uh, people on panels, people whose job it is to sift through waves of new films year after year, who ultimately have an intuitive sense of which films are worth giving an opportunity in front of an audience, uh, and which are ultimately jettisoned because they didn't quite make the grade. And some of the best lessons we can learn in all walks of life are what not to do in any given situation, traps not to fall into. And uh, when it comes to independent animation, it's no exception. I think I'm gonna wrap this up now because I'm not a big fan of doing this on my own and I can't imagine it's as interesting a listen. As I've said, for future episodes of this particular podcast, there's gonna be a lot of specific insight from filmmakers and various people in the animation industry. It is gonna be structured a little bit differently to the other podcasts, which so far have had more of a kind of talk show feel to them. This is going to be a little bit more informational, I will say. But it won't just be me selling the book every episode, so that's something I'm sure will come as a relief to some. For example, in the very near future, we'll be talking about the latest outing from the Late Night Work Club, which is a collective of independent animators that put together a quite lengthy anthology a couple of years ago, and they've just put out the second part uh, this month. In fact, this very day, uh, it's gone live. And it's fantastic. It really represents the spirit of what... The book's all about animators just having an idea and following it through in the best way that their circumstances will allow and creating some excellent work. It's really worth checking out. You can see more information on squiggly.co.uk or visit latenightworkclub.com. But we'll be hearing more from some of the people involved in that very soon in this series and many more independent artists. I'm really looking forward to sharing their work with you. Okay, so I'm going to call it a day as far as this episode goes. I hope this introduction proved interesting and maybe uh helped you make a decision one way or the other as to whether or not this book is your cup of tea but keep your eyes on squiggly.co.uk for all the usual news reviews interviews features and uh, other podcast series other video series all the stuff we love to put together for you and i'll be back with the next episode of the regular podcast very shortly and until then happy independent animating i've got to work on better closing lines i will catch you all later take care bye bye now